This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It's a Monday morning, the 5th day of July 2021. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call, the day after the 4th of July. And it is going to be a beautiful day here in the Northeast. The rain is finally gone. <laughs> Thank God for that. It is. Uh, it was a very rainy weekend. We finally got some clearing yesterday afternoon to allow all the idiots in my neighborhood to... <laughs> to fire off uh, fireworks. You know, <coughs> you know, people will say, God, I love fireworks. And, and I, I have to admit, I'm not a huge fireworks fan. Um, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. In my humble opinion, it's just me, you know. Um, but it, it's just not something that I'm a big fan of. Um, and, uh, you know, when, and when it's going off, uh, from your neighbors and, you know, your animals, your pets are absolutely uh, scared to death. You know, uh, that's the one thing I'm animals just hate that stuff. So, uh, anyway, but uh, it's over, although it's, you know, on the 5th of July, usually the day after you end up with even more fireworks, but we'll see, you know, people, people that didn't get them all fired off last night. Uh, you know, might might fire them off tonight, but that's eh, what we deal with. Uh, all right, we got lots to get to this morning. Uh, the all-star pitchers and reserved were announced yesterday. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be getting into a lot of this. I'm going to be doing a podcast later in the week by my buddies Paul Arnold and Eric Braun. Uh, we're going to be doing our uh, uh, Boys of Summer podcast, and I'm sure we'll get into the all-star game stuff a lot. But some history was made yesterday. And if you listen to my show, you know I have not uh, bought into as much of the hype about Shohei Otani. Look, again, it's impressive what he's doing, okay? There is no question about that. But to compare him to Babe Ruth, you know, yes, he's doing stuff that only Babe Ruth did, although Babe Ruth did not generally, uh, with the exception of a, a little over a year, pitch and uh, play the outfield in the same year. So you could even make the case that what Shohei Otani is doing is unique. Um, but, you know, let's not put him in Babe Ruth's category yet. He is, uh, he's not that. However, he is going to do something that's never happened at the All-Star game before. And by the way, there was no All-Star game when Babe Ruth was playing. So even if he had had the opportunity, uh, there was no All-Star game then. The All-Star game didn't start, I believe, until 19, what was it, 33? I don't know, something like that. Uh, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, 1933 it started. And by the time that happened, uh, Babe Ruth uh, hadn't pitched in a long time. Matter of fact, that 1933, he only pitched one day that year. He stopped pitching regularly in 1919. Uh, but anyway, I digress. 
what Otani is doing is amazing. And yesterday, Major League Baseball chose him as a pitcher for the All-Star Game. He had already been installed by fan voting as the starting designated hitter in the American League. Well, Major League Baseball yesterday wanted to make sure that the hype continues because they named him as one of the pitchers on the All-Star team. Look, uh, that's cool. And, and one of the things that I think we have to... We have to recognize this, and in some case, this is this is a case probably where Major League Baseball is actually being smart. Rob Manfred, you know, is not the guy that I consider a rocket scientist, nor do I think he always has the best interest of the game at heart. However, I think this is one of those cases where you have to give them credit because by installing him in both positions in the All-Star game, you are going to catch the attention of people who are not necessarily baseball fans, right? Um, You know, somebody who is a casual fan or maybe somebody who's not a fan at all will recognize that, wow, this is something that's never been done before, and you may get people to pay attention to the All-Star game and then maybe to the Angels overall for the rest of the season just to see what Otani does. This is, you know, I mean, you could go out on a limb and say this is marketing genius by Major League Baseball. You really could. Um, And by the way, Otani celebrated uh, that by hitting his 31st home run of the year last year. Look, he leads the league in homers. Um, It's impressive. And by the way, the other thing that he did yesterday with that 31st home run, he tied the major league record for a Japanese-born player for homers in a season. He tied the record set by Hideki Matsui with the New York Yankees. But what makes this even more impressive than that is Matsui did it in 159 games in 2004. Shohei Otani has hit 31 homers in 81 games. Impressive. Not, and, and, by the way, at the same time, uh, he's made 12 starts on the mound. You know, I think he's pitched 60 innings this year. Um, you could, I mean, look, he has definitely, I think, made more of an impact as a hitter than he has as a pitcher. But the fact that he's doing both is impressive. Babe Ruth? No. Unique? Absolutely. Exciting to watch? Absolutely. Uh, The Red Sox are going to get a chance to see that uh, up close and personal because uh, they're going to face the Angels starting tonight in a three-game series. And Shohei Otani is going to pitch in that series against the Red Sox. So, uh, So anyway... I, again, I think a cool thing that the uh, that Major League Baseball is doing uh, by putting him in there as both a pitcher and a hitter. Now, uh, on the New England side of the, the ledger, you know, Otani aside, the Red Sox end up with five players on the All-Star team. And I have to be honest, I didn't think that was going to happen. I know that, you know, look, they've got the best record in the American League, but I did not think that MLB would name three of their players as reserves. The guy I actually thought um, probably that wouldn't get it was J.D. Martinez. And I know he's got a ton of RBIs and and he's hit well, but I didn't think he'd get in. 
I really didn't. I thought Evaldi would get in because he's got nine wins and he's pitching his ass off lately. And I thought Matt Barnes would get in because he's been one of the most dominant closers in the American League this year. But I didn't think uh, J.D. would get in. And so good for him. So the Red Sox have five players going to the All-Star game, the most of any team. Uh, it is the most the Red Sox have had in the All-Star game. I, I'm trying to remember. It was hmm, maybe 2016, 2015, somewhere. And I'm trying to remember the last time that they had five players in the All-Star game. Uh, it'll, it'll, I, th- I actually thought I wrote it down somewhere, but I can't find it. Um, so, you know, I, I was shocked by that. No question. Um, and, you know, Matt Barnes deserves it. You know, his first All-Star game, the kid from Bethel, Connecticut, pitched at UConn. He's blown a couple of saves this year, you know, but by and large, he's been damn near unhittable. I, and I, frankly, I think a couple of times he got a save in yesterday's game, gave up a home run, a game that the Red Sox lost, boy, over the weekend. And we'll talk a little bit more about this, but it was maddening. They could have actually swept Oakland this weekend. You could have made the case that they should have swept Oakland this weekend. But the continual overusage of that bullpen, because starting pitchers haven't been able to go deep into a game, bit the Red Sox in the ass on Saturday night when they lost in extra innings in 12. You know, After scoring two runs in the top of the inning, uh, they had to go to Matt Andres to close the game, and you knew you were in trouble. Uh, so anyway, we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, other starting pitchers that were named along with Otani, by the way, in this uh, all-star game for the American League. And, and it's interesting. Garrett Cole of the Yankees. Lance Lynn of the uh, Chicago White Sox, as well as Carlos Rodon. Now, uh, Shane Bieber was also elected, but he's hurt. So he is not going to go to the All-Star game, so they're going to have to uh, name a replacement for him. Uh, Mike Trout obviously was voted in by the fans. He will not be there either. And um, uh, Kyle Schwarber was picked as a reserve, and I don't think he's going to be there. He's on the 10-day IL right now with that hamstring injury, and they considered it uh, a rather significant injury. So even if he's uh, somewhat healthy by All-Star game time, I do not believe that the Reds, the the uh, Nationals are going to want him to play. There's no way. Uh, and Garrett Cole's an interesting one. Look, he's had, um, when you look at his season in totality, you know, he's had a pretty good year, right? Well, the problem is is that since the uh, enforcement of the sticky substance on the ball, he's been uh, not so good. He's had like one decent outing. He got shelled again yesterday. Uh, but uh, he's going regardless of that. Um, but, uh, uh, American league relievers, Aroldis Chapman, here's another one got absolutely hammered yesterday has been hammered lately, but he was named as a reserve again. You know, you look at his season in totality and you go, well, you know, uh, he's been pretty good except that with what's happened to him in the last week, his ERA is now almost five. So that's going to look kind of strange if he comes into the game with those kind of numbers. Um, but uh, Liam Hendricks from the White Sox, as well as Barnes, as I said, are, are going to be there. Uh, it's going to be fun. You know, and Otani's going to be in the home run derby as well. I mean, he's going to be everywhere this weekend. So I'm excited about it just from the standpoint to see how it moves the needle. I would think that the ratings for the All-Star game, the television ratings, may end up being the highest they've ever been 
it would not shock me at all if this is the highest rated uh, all-star game in history just to see what Otani does. Now, whether they'll tune in all game or tune them out once uh, Otani's out of the game, you know, who knows? But it's going to be fun. No question. Excuse me. Um, on the National League side, of course, as you would expect for the starting pitchers, Jacob DeGrom uh, with the 0.95 ERA uh, will be there. Kevin Gaussman of the San Francisco Giants, who's been unbelievably dominant. Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff of the Red Hot Milwaukee Brewers, both named as well, along with you, Darvish, from the San Diego Padres. Craig Kimbrell, how about this guy? Talk about a resurrection job going to the All-Star game. Um, along with Josh Hader, Mark Melanson from the uh, San Diego Padres. But, I mean, Craig Kimbrell is a guy, the last couple of years, you would have figured uh, he may be ready to ride off into the sunset. I mean, the Red Sox basically let him walk because he had been awful in the World Series back in 2018, and it looked like he was toast. And last year with the, the, the Cubs, he was brutal, right? Um, actually, the last two seasons with the Cubs, he was brutal. And then this year, all of a sudden, he's like a new pitcher again. You know, And, and whether it's the short season last year that uh, reduced his workload or whatever it is, he looks like the old Craig Kimbrell. His velocity's down a little bit, but uh, what, a, what a bounce back for him. So good for him. Um, other notable uh, selections as reserves. How about uh, Mike Zanino from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays? Good for him. Uh, a guy that uh, was a cast-off from the uh, Seattle Mariners comes down there and uh, gets named as a reserve. Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics, who you, you would expect. Uh, Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve from uh, Houston, of course. They're both having great years. Um, Cedric Mullins will be the representative for the uh, Baltimore Orioles. And um, the Texas Rangers end up with three guys on the team. Adolis Garcia, Kyle Gibson, their starting pitcher who leads the American League uh, with a 1.98 ERA, will be there. Uh, so good for him. Um, and uh, Joey Gallo, of course, the slugging uh, outfielder for the Rangers, is going to be there as well. You say Kikuchi, a guy that looked like uh, his first couple of years in the league, he was going to have trouble figuring things out in America. He has had a, his best season of his career here in America. He goes to his first All-Star game. Uh, Bo Bichette gets named as a reserve. Nelson Cruz, uh, the the ageless wonder, uh, who did not play yesterday, by the way. He's got some kind of a neck issue, but I'm sure he'll be fine for the All-Star game. Uh, and on the National League side, JT Remuto will be there. Max Muncy, uh, Jay Cronenworth from uh, the Padres, Trey Turner from the uh, Washington Nationals, along with uh, Chris Bryant uh, from the Chicago Cubs. Mookie Betts going back to the All-Star game as well, and uh, it'll just give uh, <laughs> Red Sox fans another reason to cry. Although, you know, although it's funny. With what the Red Sox outfield has done this year, you don't hear as much, oh, God, I miss Mookie. You know? I mean, with the Red Sox, just uh, with the number of outfield assists that they have this year, I mean, it's been crazy what they've been doing. I mean, 11 alone from uh, the, the, uh, the right field position in Hunter Renfro. 11. It's unbelievable. So, uh, and Kike Hernandez has chipped to Jesus. Even J.D. Martinez has a few outfield assists. You never see that. A guy who is not really an outfielder uh, has been great and chipped in. I mean, I think I read they have like 20, 22 or 23 outfield assists this year. It's amazing. 
So you don't hear as many people missing Mookie Betts. You don't hear many people talking about that great outfield of Andrew Benintendi and Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts. Oh, you know, because this outfield, you know, while they have struggled at times at the plate, with the exception of Alex Verdugo, although Hunter Renfro's picked it up, but you know, with Kike Hernandez and Marwin Gonzalez and you know whoever else out there, they've had their their struggles at times at the plate. But man, defensively. This team has matched up with that Killer B outfield way better than anyone could have imagined. And if they, you know, anybody that tells you differently is full of crap. They've been they've been great and you just don't hear anymore. I'll tell you what, you hear more pining for Red Sox fans missing Don Orsillo, their former play-by-play announcer than they than you do Mookie Betts these days. By the way, Don Orsillo, how about this weekend call the Red Sox game for the first time since leaving Boston? It wasn't in Fenway, which would have been perfect, but uh, he did a game for the Red Sox uh, in Oakland uh, as part of the Fox Sports package. It was cool. Uh, it was, uh, and the Red Sox lost a game, but there were actually a lot of Red Sox fans on social media going, yeah, you know, we lost a game, but I got to listen to Don Arcillo for 12 innings, so it was okay. I kind of felt the same way myself. Uh, all right, so that's where we're at as far as the All-Star game goes. Uh, I'm looking for, I always look forward to this All-Star game. I'm not going to watch the Home Run Derby. I'm just not. I hate the home run derby. I think it's I think the home run derby is part of what's wrong with baseball. And I know it's been going it's not like it's something that they just started in the last couple of years with uh you know with the launch angle next velocity. It's been going on for years. It was going on with Sammy Sosa and and Mark McGuire. It's been around for 25 years or so. I get it, but I still don't like it. I just don't um, you know, and, and you, there, there are a number of instances where, you know, you see guys that participate in this home run derby and they kind of get out of their, their regular rhythm and they struggle after the all-star game sometimes after being in the home run derby. I hope that doesn't happen to Otani or anybody else, but, uh, it's just not something I'm a fan. Of. So I'll be skipping that, but I always watch the all-star game and, you know, and, and I've been critical of the Babe Ruth Otani thing, but I'm still fascinated by what he's doing. And I hope he can continue it. I hope he doesn't get hurt. You know, really. Uh, I, you know, it's it's a hell of a workload to ask somebody to do. And, uh, you know, the, to do the amount of studying that this guy has to do, not just uh, studying the pitchers that he's got to face as a designated hitter, but also uh, studying the hitters that he's got to face as a pitcher. You know, it's got to be difficult for him. Uh, he's got to be, like, working all the time just to try to keep on top of uh, what he has to do uh, to succeed. So I just hope the workload doesn't become too much for him. I mean, this is a guy that's had Tommy John surgery. It's the reason why you don't see him play in the outfield. You know, they've at least made, uh, got him to make that concession because he wanted to play the outfield as well. Uh, so anyway, as far as yesterday goes, the Red Sox with a big win over the athletics yesterday, as I said, they could have won this entire series. They could have swept the series, but they win yesterday one to nothing. One zip. And uh, look, you have to give James Caprillion, the starter for the Athletics yesterday, was great. He struck out 10 over seven innings. I mean, the only run the Red Sox scored was on a, a double a double play grounder by Rafi Devers in the sixth inning. Uh, Verdugo with a double. J.D. Martinez had a single. So you had guys on first and third with nobody out. It looked like it was going to be a huge inning, right? Well, then Devers grounds into the double play. The run scores, but then the Red Sox can't get any more out of that. But it was enough. 
because Nick Pavetta had his best outing as a member of the Red Sox. He was great yesterday. Seven innings, he struck out ten. Only gave up two hits. He did walk a couple of guys, but picked up his seventh win of the season. Uh, Garrett Whitlock comes out of the bullpen and uh, does what he has done all year. Another scoreless inning. And then Matt Barnes comes out and picks up his 19th save. It was a little shaky. Walked the guy, gave up a hit. Had runners on first and third before he got the final out on a strikeout. But, man, uh, a one nothing victory. And, you know, you look at this, and anybody that thought and, and has been waiting for the Red Sox to fold. I think that it's time to uh, to kind of put those ideas aside. They are not going. This team is here to stay. Four and a half game lead over Tampa, eight and a half over the Blue Jays, and ten, ten over the New York Yankees. If, you know, if if you had told me the Yankees were going to be ten out at the All Star break you know, this year, I would have said that you were crazy. Looking at what the Yankees did in the offseason, you know, with the signing, uh, of course, well, they had Garrett Cole already, but with the, with the signing of uh, Corey Kluber, I thought he was going to be a, have a great bounce back year. Of course, he got hurt. Nobody could have anticipated the Yankee bats dying the way they have this year. Uh, and nobody could have anticipated the struggles out of the bullpen and all the injuries. Ten back. And I know Hal Steinbrenner says that the manager's safe and everybody's safe, and but you have to wonder if there isn't some big move coming by this Yankee team. You have to expect they're going to add. I still think they're going to go out and find a starting pitcher. I think Jose Barrios is number one on their, their wish list, so I think they're going to go out and make a big move. It would not shock me, ladies and gentlemen, to see the Red Sox, I mean, the Red Sox, the Yankees, make some kind of move that involves trading someone that is a big piece of that team to get something else that they need. Now, what does that mean? Look, Giancarlo Stanton's not going anywhere, even though I'm sure the Yankees would love to be able to ship him off, but he's got a contract that nobody is going to take on. And, it, and it's, it, he's due a lot of money for a long time. But I'll, I'll give you a for instance. It would not shock me to see the Yankees trade somebody like Luke Voigt, a guy who led the major leagues in home runs in the shortened season last year. Or to to trade, uh, you know, I don't know. They're not going to trade Aaron Judge either. But to trade perhaps a Glaber Torres, you know, it would not shock me. I don't think they'd trade Gio Urshela, but I think that, you know, uh, you could get a Luke Voigt. If they, if they can get a big enough haul back or to see them give up a couple of very highly prized prospects if they think they have a run in them. But for the Yankees, I think this next 10 days before the All-Star break is going to tell the difference. If there's still 10 out at the All-Star break, they may just bite the bullet and whatever it is, it is, and, and we'll live with it. Uh, but if they go on a little bit, and let's say they cut the Red Sox lead down to six, seven games by the All-Star break, there's some big moves coming. And it would not shock me 
if there's a big piece of this Yankee team that moves in a trade, if they can get the right piece, the right starting pitcher, or you know the right uh, left-handed bat in that lineup. They're too right-handed. They need left-handed bats, especially playing in Yankee Stadium with that short porch in right field. I'm shocked that they haven't gone out and found a left-handed bat yet. And so I would think starting pitching and a left-handed bat are going to be the big thing. So it wouldn't shock me. But there's no way I thought they'd be 10 out. But this Red Sox team, folks, not going anywhere. And when you look at this Red Sox team and you look, you know, up and down the lineup, you still wonder, how in the hell is this team winning when you have a leadoff hitter that's hitting 241, can't get on base, you know, you have a, a guy like Marwin Gonzalez who, who Alex Cora seems to find a way to put in the lineup damn near every day hitting 200. When you got Danny Santana hitting 167, when your first baseman is hitting 216, your starting second baseman and Michael Chavis is hitting 207. Now, I know uh, Christian Arroyo is coming back, so that's going to be short-lived. But, you know, when you look at, you, you know, Christian Vasquez, a guy that uh, they saw as a big part of their offense who has all of a sudden – can't hit the ball out of the park anymore and is only hitting 257. You know, he's having a down year, and yet this team keeps winning because of guys like Bogarts and Devers and J.D. and Verdugo. I mean, it's, they've been relying on four guys. Matt Corey pointed out this morning in the Sox Outsider, you know, the Red Sox are not putting their best lineup out on the field. You know, you have to wonder, when is Jaron Duran coming up from, from the minors? When? I mean, it solves your leadoff problem right away. It puts some more pop in your lineup, and it brings some more excitement to this team. It brings some speed to the lineup as well. When are they going to bring him up? What the hell are you waiting for? You know, maybe they're waiting for the All-Star game. I don't know if it has anything to do with service time, but whatever it is, what the hell are you waiting for? And I can't believe I'm saying this, but you have to wonder when Franchi Cordero is coming back up for the Red Sox. He is tearing the cover off the ball in Worcester. They sent him down there to get some at-bats and to try to get himself right. Well, he's played 31 games on their AAA team. He's hitting 385 with an OPS of 1,100. He's cut his strikeout rate down to 26%. Now, you say that's still a lot. It's, you know, one every four times up. But in the major leagues, it was damn near 40%. But he is tearing it up. When is he coming up? You know... Uh, you just have to wonder. It looks like Christian Arroyo is probably going to be activated today. So we may see Michael Chavis headed back to Worcester. Or maybe the Red Sox will finally make the decision to pull the plug on Danny Santana. He's only making a million bucks. You know, they signed him late in spring training. He's a guy that, that, you know, it was a great idea, and I thought that he would be able to help, but he hasn't. He makes Marwin Gonzalez you know, look like a batting champion. So you have to wonder, you know, if they might DFA him and that opens up another spot. I don't know, but they don't have their best lineup out there and they're still dominating. I mean, look, this is a team that that is 11 games over 500 on the road. They're 21 games over 500. They have 53 wins. We're not even at the All-Star break. Won 9 of 10 without half their lineup being able to hit their way out of a wet paper bag. It's an absolute miracle. It's 33 minutes past. Yeah, we got to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. 
It's 35 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. Um, You know, I was wondering, I'm not sure, but I wonder if uh, it's like today. Today's not like a holiday, is it? I mean, uh, you know, you know, with federal holidays, sometimes if it falls on a weekend, they give them the Monday off. I was just wondering that, but I don't think so. I think the banks and I think the mail's all being delivered today, but I, you know, I'm not sure. I just the reason I wondered is I was looking at the morning shows, and a lot of the people that are normally uh, uh, on the morning shows uh, took the day off. So you know, I just wondered if it was still a holiday, but maybe not. It's not a holiday for me. We're here, uh, you lucky people. Um, all right, we mentioned the uh, the Yankees. And uh, the Yankees yesterday managed a split with the New York Mets. And uh, the second game was one they needed badly after absolutely imploding in the first game of the doubleheader. The Mets scored six runs in the top of the seventh inning to beat the uh, Yankees 10-5. Aroldis Chapman and Corey Litke... Uh, combined to give up six runs, five hits, a walk, and a bomb to the New York Mets. Aroldis Chapman um, has been uh, horrific. There's no other way to put it. Um, He gave up a a game-tying grand slam in the ninth, if you remember, on Wednesday to the Angels. In his last nine outings, Aroldis Chapman, who, by the way, remember, was was named to the All-Star team by the American League yesterday. In his last nine outings, he has an ERA of 22.26. So tell me, if you're Kevin Cash and you're managing the All-Star game, man, I don't think Aroldis Chapman's going to be the first person on your lips when you say, let's get somebody warming up in the bullpen. 22.2, just, I mean, brutal. So uh, so they end up blowing game number one. And, uh, you know, for the Mets, uh, Marcus Stroman was not very sharp. Went the first five, but he gave up six hits and five runs. Now he didn't get any help from his defense, but he couldn't. he didn't strike out a batter. Um, Jerice Familia ends up getting the win because, you know, as a, a vulture win, you'd call it, because he pitched a scoreless six, and then the Mets with that explosion in the seventh inning. Uh, Pete Alonzo with a big home run in the seventh inning off of Chapman. Dom Smith also had one in the first inning um, off of the starter, Garrett Cole, who, by the way, only went three and a third, six hits, four runs, struck out six, walked three, got booed off the mound. Got absolutely booed off the mound by Yankee fans. Uh, look, as you know, they, they can be you know more brutal, I think, than Red Sox fans. But Garrett Cole is another one of these guys. You know, we talk about the you know change in what's going on in Major League Baseball with the enforcement of the sticky stuff and the drop in spin rates and all this other stuff. Well, since early June, when MLB announced that they were cracking down. Garrett Cole's ERA since then is 5.24. Prior to that announcement, his ERA was 1.78. Coincidence? I think not. There aren't a lot of coincidences, folks. And people can say whatever they want. And Garrett Cole, you know, uh, insists 
that it has nothing to do with that. You know, he said, you know, despite the fact that my spin rate's down on my fastball slider, he said, my pitches are just as good as ever. I'm just not hitting my spots. Okay, right. Well, you know what? I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. You know, that's like Garrett Richards saying, oh, yeah, I still got my good stuff and for the Red Sox, and he's been getting battered around. And he, they are not the only examples, folks. Lucas Giolito from the Chicago White Sox has been brutal since the, the crackdown. So there is no doubt that it is affecting things. And, you know, uh, so Garrett Cole can say all he wants. But he's been awful. He has He's had one semi-decent outing since that ban was announced. So he gets booed. Uh, Jonathan Lewaziga did a great job for the Yankees, came in, struck out four over two and a third, didn't allow anything. Chad Green uh, got out of a little bit of trouble um, in the sixth inning. But, you know, again, you know, the Yankees just can't rely on that bullpen, and that was supposed to be their strength. You know, of course, they had the injury um, to, to Britain, and then Britain comes back and gets hurt again. And Chapman, who started off the season untouchable, all of a sudden is nothing but touchable. Uh, Chad Green's been one of their best arms out of the bullpen along with Loisega. Um, You know, I mean, it's just uh, the guys they thought they were, could rely on, they can't. So with that loss, the Yankees at the time were actually at the 500 mark. And that's something that hadn't happened uh, the last time that they had been 500 this late into the season was in 2016 when they were 56 and 56 on August 9th. They haven't, I mean, they haven't had a losing record this late, you know, since 2016 as well, but they, they ended up, you know, turning that around, but look, they're 10 back, 10 back. And, you know, and I hate to, I hate to bring this up, um, the, the uh, last time that they overcame a deficit as large as this to uh, win a division was 1978 when the Red Sox had like a 14-game lead in August and the Yankees came back and they beat the Red Sox on that one-game playoff in 1978. So it's not that it hasn't happened, but that 1978 playoff is as horrific as it was for people like me. <laughs> You know, because it was something, you know, like I said, I skipped a history exam to watch the playoff game. But as traumatic as that was, that was 43 years ago. So, you know, it, it doesn't mean it can't happen, but, you know, I wouldn't count it. So anyway, so game one doesn't go well. Pete Alonso with the home run. Well, guess what? Pete Alonso hit another home run in game two. Um, Alonso became the first... Mets player to homer in both ends of a doubleheader since 2006. The last guy to do it was Sean Green. Remember him? Uh, he did it all the way back on uh, September 6th of 20, 2006. But the Yankees jumped out to a 3 nothing lead uh, in the second inning of Game 2. Uh, they got to uh, Corey Oswalt, who went the first four. Bullpen did a great job for the Mets after that, but the Mets just couldn't, uh, couldn't do anything. Chad Green, who got out of one jam in game one was the hero of game two. Nestor Cortez, it was uh, a bullpen kind of uh, second game. Cortez went the first three and a third. He was pretty good. 
Only gave up a run and two hits, struck out four, didn't walk anybody. Darren O'Day was not so sharp when he came back. Of course, he's still just coming back off the injured list. He hasn't been real sharp, but he goes two-thirds of an inning and struggled uh, to get out of that. But Chad Green comes on and three scoreless innings, no hit innings. He struck out six, didn't walk anybody over three innings. He ends up picking up the win um, as the Mets just couldn't get anything going uh, off of that Yankee bullpen. But Alonzo again with the home run. But uh, the Yankees only had four hits in game two. Gio Urshela with a uh, home run in the second inning, a three-run shot. And that was all that the Yankees would need in that game. So the Yankees back to one game over 500. They're 42 and 41. And looking up uh, at both Toronto and Tampa before you even think about getting to the Red Sox. There's two other teams they have to climb through. You know, and that's the thing you look at too with the Yankees. It's not just about Boston. That is a very good Rays team. That is a very good Blue Jays team. You say whatever you want to say about whether the Red Sox are doing this with smoke and mirrors or anything. These are really, really good teams ahead of the Yankees before you get to Boston. So getting, you know, to the top of the division is going to be damn near impossible. Now the next uh, couple of weeks, you know, right and and you know, just before the All Star break and right after, you know, we get into the meat of the ALE schedule, and these teams, uh, these four teams, are going to be playing each other on a regular basis, and it, you know. We're going to know very quickly. We're going to know uh, probably by the first or second week of August how things are going to shake out. And if the Red Sox still have the lead they have after that, you know, it's over. But So they managed to split yesterday. Uh, Tampa gets a win, a win that they desperately needed. Um, they had uh, They had struggled quite a bit lately. And uh, they ended their 10-game road losing streak with a 5-1 victory over Tampa. I mean, excuse me, over Toronto on Sunday up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Wander Franco with his second home run for the Rays. They had lost five in a row. They needed it badly. Ryan Yarbrough, who had been uh, not very good recently making his starts yesterday, goes five. Uh, allows four hits in one run. Didn't walk anybody. Struck out five. Colin McHugh was great out of the bullpen for the Rays again since coming off the injured list. He's been unbelievable. Three innings. Uh, struck out six, only gave up one hit. Um, Robbie Ray was really good for Toronto, but again, uh, Toronto just managed six hits off of Tampa Bay pitching. And so this one was uh, a, a solid victory for the Rays. And look, the Rays uh, return home. They've got a three-game series against a struggling Cleveland Indians team. You know, So they've got an opportunity to keep things going. Rich Hill... We'll take the mound for the Rays tonight. He'll take on Logan Allen, uh, who is one in five with an ERA of over eight uh, for the Indians. The Indians, I think, have lost six or seven in a row. So uh, it's a opportunity for the Rays to keep the pressure on Boston. The Blue Jays will be off today, and then they've got a series with Baltimore, so they can get healthy as well. Uh, the other thing that the Rays are working, or the Jays are working on, I should say, um, is it looks like they may be close to a settlement that will allow them to return to Toronto by July the 30th. The hope is is that Canada will be closer and, and have more people vaccinated by then, and it looks like the, Ray, uh, the Jays may finally be able to play at home uh, for the first time since 2019. I'm sure they're looking forward to that because, look, it's been great that they've had Buffalo and that they've had their, their 
pretty good spring training complex down in Florida to play out of. But, you know, those are not pitcher-friendly ballparks. And so I'm sure uh, they would love to get back to um, their home park in a, in a park that's got Major League Baseball proportions. Uh, and, and it's only going to help them, I think, as we go down the stretch. It's 47 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 49 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. A few minutes left this morning uh, before we head out. How about the Detroit Tigers? They take a series from the Chicago White Sox over the weekend. Uh, they beat the White Sox yesterday 6-5. to five. We mentioned Lucas Giolito. Well, yesterday, and you know, again, say what you want. Uh, he can deny all he wants that the crackdown on uh, the stuff that pitchers were using is not a factor. Uh, five innings, ten hits, six runs against the Detroit Tigers, and I'm not trying to disparage the Tigers here, but it's the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, look, um, his spin rate is down 15%. And it has made a difference, you know, and again, he says, well, my stuff is fine, but I can't get it to where I need to be. Well, then your stuff isn't fine. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, and give, but give the Tigers credit, you know, uh, they got to him. Their bullpen tried to blow it. Uh, you know, they, uh, the White Sox got to the bullpen for some runs late, but they got out of it. And uh, they end up winning this thing. And, you know, look, you have to give a lot of credit to A.J. Hinch. You really do. This is not a loaded lineup. You know, uh, the kid, Akil Badu, has been a, a nice story. You know, and uh, uh, but by and large, you know, J. Mark Candelario has been a, a bright spot. But by and large, there's nobody else on th in this lineup that you fear. Uh, although, you know, I'll tell you what, uh, I got to mention, uh, just give a shout out to Zach short, who's playing, uh, who's been playing shortstop for the Tigers kid that graduated from sacred heart university where I worked, uh, you saw him come up as a freshman there. Uh, good for him. Uh, but he had a tough day yesterday, four bats, four whiffs left <laughs> five guys on base, but he's been hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, uh, uh, you know, a small sample size, but uh, the 26-year-old is uh, 8 for 30 in the major leagues. And he has a home run, four runs batted in. So good for him. Uh, you know, again, went to Sacred Heart, kid out of Kingston, New York, and having a chance to play in the major league. So it uh, gives me a reason to, to kind of follow the Detroit Tigers. But you have to give A.J. Hinch credit. I mean, this is a team that is 38 and 46. Yeah, they're eight games under 500. Uh, but they're sitting in third place in the AL Central. They're ahead of Kansas City. They're ahead of the Minnesota Twins. Uh, nobody saw that coming. A lot of people still thought that this might be one of the two or three worst teams in the major leagues. And maybe at the end of the day it'll turn out to be. But I'll tell you what, they've got to go a long way to, to, to get as bad um, as Pittsburgh or Arizona or the Orioles. I mean, uh, A.J. Hench has done a great job. And I'll tell you what, if they can continue to develop that minor league system and bring up some of these young kids uh, with a good manager like A.J. Hinch, they're going to be just fine. So they take two out of three in the series against the White Sox. Good for them. Uh, the Tigers now head to Texas. Willie Peralta is going to take the mound today. He's been pretty good, 1-1 with a 3-2-1 ERA. Colby Allard will take the hill for the Tigers. And as far as the White Sox go, uh, they head to Minnesota. 
three-game series starting tonight. Dylan Cease, who's been good, seven wins and a 3.75 ERA. Look, this is the Minnesota Twins. I don't want to say it's their last chance, but it's pretty close to their last chance. If they're going to have any hope of getting back in this, they have to dominate uh, the White Sox, and I don't think that's going to happen. I think the uh, the Twins are in a point now where they may be in full sell mode here uh, by the All-Star break. You could see Josh Donaldson. You could see uh, Nelson Cruz. And Jose Barrios has been, you know, mentioned in trade talks with the Yankees. Would not shock me if they sell off everybody. If they get, let's say Chicago goes in there and sweeps them, it's over. It's all over. Um, the Houston Astros won another win yesterday. They sweep a four-game series from the Cleveland Indians, 4-3. Uh, it's the first time they have ever swept the Indians. And uh, the Astros just continue to roll. Uh, Astros are 25-9. and in their last 34 games. I mean, just absolutely dominant. Uh, they have a three-and-a-half game lead over the Athletics. You know, the A's are trying to hang in there. Seattle's trying to hang in there. But I just don't know if anybody's going to catch this Houston team. And, look, this is a Houston team that that kicked the crap out of the Red Sox in Boston. Now, are they that good? You know, or were the Red Sox just in the midst of a funk? I don't know. But Houston has won four in a row, and as I said, 25 of their last 34, they have just been dominant. Um, the Twins did get a win yesterday. They beat the Royals 6-2. Uh, my, before we get out, my favorite story from yesterday, Atlanta Braves are playing the Miami Marlins. Well, Max Freed, a pitcher, came off the bench as a pinch hitter in the 10th inning because they had nobody left. Bases are loaded in the 10th inning, right? And they bring in Max Freed. What does he do? Single up the middle, and the Braves win the game. They beat the Marlins 8-7 thanks to a pinch-hit RBI single by their pitcher, Max Freed. Now, uh, let's just say this. Max Freed is not your normal, everyday pitcher when it comes to a bat. He's hitting 300 this year. You know, this is a guy that, you know, we talk about Shohei Otani. Max Freed is one of those guys that could play both ways if he wanted to. Jacob deGrom is probably a guy that could play both ways if they wanted to. You know, uh, as I said, Freed with a 300 average this year. Uh, he's got four doubles this year. I mean, look, this, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not, so it's not that big of a surprise. Don Mattingly was a little bit surprised. He thought Freed was coming up there to try to get a walk. <laughs> and then when he looked at the numbers later, he went, yeah, I guess he's pretty good, pretty good. So Max Freed, the pitcher with the RBI single game winner. Love that. Uh, and uh, the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Probably over tonight, the Tampa Bay Lightning lead the series 3-0 after whacking Montreal 6-3 on Friday, the first Stanley Cup final game in Montreal in 28 years. Yeah, well, it didn't go well, and I don't expect tonight to go well either. Uh, This one will probably be over, and it'll be uh, uh, the most ho-hum Stanley Cup final we've had in a long, long time, but I think the Lightning close it out and win the thing in a sweep. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of The Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from the Eagles. And how long? We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.